Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing OnboardNWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. Hey, folks. It's Randy Wilburn here, host of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I, you know, we're in such a different place in time. I don't really know how to do this podcast, except for the simple fact that I'm out there trying to connect with people on a daily basis to tell their story as we deal with this whole coronavirus pandemic. And um, I didn't want to go back to podcasting as normal. I've got so many episodes that I want to share with you, but it's they're going to have to wait before they come out. But until that time, I have an episode today that I wanted to share with you. I had a chance to sit down with Aaron Marshall from Serve NWA and BCS and talk with him about some of the things that he's doing in our community, not just during the COVID-19 pandemic, but just in general. Uh, Aaron's got a remarkable story, and I think you're going to really like it. Stay tuned for today's episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Remember, Give us a like or a shout out, um, comment, let us know what you think about this episode. We'll see you soon. Cue the music. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Without further ado, here's our fearless host, 
Randy Wilburn. Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I am your host, Randy Wilburn, and I am hunkered down here in my studio, in my office, in my garage. I have no place to go. I have no place to be. We are living under different times. It's As I record this, we are dealing with the coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic. Um, we have not quite been told to shelter in place, although we have been kind of told by Governor Asa Hutchinson here in Arkansas to stay home, stay away from people, social distance. So we're trying to practice that as responsibly as we can. And today, uh, I had a chance to bring on somebody that um, I just recently met not too long ago at one of our Rotary meetings. Big shout out to the Downtown Fayetteville Rotary Group. I miss you guys. Can't wait to be back with you in face-to-face connection in the future. But Aaron Marshall um, from BCS uh, came and spoke to our group uh, about maybe two months ago now. I don't know. It seems like time flies. But he came and spoke to our group and really just uh, lit a fire under me when he shared you know, some of the things from his heart, uh, some of the programs that he's working on with Serve NWA. And, and we're going to get into all of that because I, I think it's, it's a real – he has an amazing story about how he came here to Northwest Arkansas and with basically no money – very little money. I mean, he did have a family member here, but he came and uh, and really kind of rose up through the ranks and, and and made something amazing. And then in in the process, decided that he was going to um, figure out a very profound way to give back to the community. And he's he is in the process of doing that now. So, without further ado, uh, Aaron Marshall, how are you doing? And in, in these uh, in these different times that we're in right now. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. And I'm uh, like you, I am sequestered in my basement <laughs> office uh, in my home, which uh, trying to be thankful for the time with the, the kids and, and family. But, uh, you know, we're a little stir crazy with the rain the last couple of weeks. Oh, man. I, yeah, it's, it's that has been tough. Uh, it hasn't stopped me from working out on a regular basis. And, um, you know, a lot of my labors can 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 use me as clockwork when they see me out in the morning walking there running the neighborhood. <laughs> I just you got to do it regardless. Rain, rain or shine. It doesn't really matter. But you're right. Stir crazy is kind of the way that it is now. And I think we're in a as people are saying, a new normal when it comes to mm-hmm. this when it comes to uh, educating your kids from home. Everybody now has become a homeschool parent. There's just so many different things that are happening right now. So uh, I think it's quite interesting. But I would love for you to just kind of share a little bit about your super, as I like to call it, and, and we call it here on I Am Northwest Arkansas, your superhero origin story. I'd love for you to just share with our audience, just to give them the the the, the cliff note version of, of how you got here to Northwest Arkansas and um, you know, really, how did you end up becoming the CEO of a, a really highly integrated, um, you know, information technology company that serves one of the the largest uh, organizations on the planet? And um, I mean, it's not that's not that doesn't happen by accident. But um, I, I think it. I'd love for you to kind of share your trajectory of how you got to where you are right now, and and um, you know what what's what's happening in your world. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. So thank you. And um, it really starts, I I grew up outside of Chicago, Illinois, in the suburbs uh, of Chicagoland and uh, was in a a great, a great family where faith was really important. And uh, I decided to follow Jesus with my life at the age of six and 
and grew up in that environment uh, there. Got serious, really serious about my faith in high school and decided to go into the ministry. And uh, that took me to Pennsylvania to a Bible college and seminary where I trained to be a pastor. Uh, Got married in the middle of seminary and moved to Michigan where I pastored a church uh, about an hour north of Lansing and put my wife through law school uh, there. And we had three and a half years of what we thought was, uh, you know, life, uh, life as we had planned it. And uh, then she came home uh, shortly before graduation and informed me that uh, our marriage was over and she didn't want to do anything with the church anymore and was going to move to Detroit. And that was a complete shock uh, to me in a number of ways and totally changed uh, my trajectory. And uh, so 2002, at the age of 27, I found myself a divorced, unemployed pastor. Uh, the circles of churches I was affiliated with, uh, the divorce was a, a, a non-starter for qualification for pastoral ministry. And so uh, I was at, at a crossroads of life and career and faith, really, all of the above. Um, my brother and sister, who are both older than me, had gone to John Brown University in Salem Springs, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. and uh, stayed in the area. Um, they were trained vocationally very well. One was a buyer at Walmart. One was a vice president at uh, a construction company in the area. And, and they had contacts and said, well, uh, feel free to move down here and uh, we'll help you get kind of through this transition. So I moved in with my brother uh, October 1st of 2002, pulled in his driveway on a Saturday evening, uh, me and my dog and all of my earthly belongings in a spare bedroom. and. Um, Thought well, we'll just uh, we'll just start over, uh, and about three months went by, and people had real resume confusion when I had <laughs> a Bible college degree and and half a master's in theology and had pastored a church, and they didn't know why I wanted to work at Walmart, uh, and I just needed to pay the bills. Uh, <laughs> and uh, fortunately, you know, I was able to stay with my brother and, and had family support, but I literally got down to one hundred and twenty dollars mm-hmm. in my checking account. And I had a car payment and I needed to buy dog food and I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that my brother had bought. Uh, and, and so it was, it was probably the lowest, it was absolutely the lowest uh, point in my life. Um, but through friends of friends, uh, I found out about a company that uh, was hiring and went for an interview on a Monday and was hired the next day to be Uh, I was the eighth employee in company history at a small family business called Baker's Computer Service. And at the time, we just had a a contract with Tyson to repair their printers that are in their manufacturing plants. And so my job for $8 an hour in this small family business was to uh, clean the printers that come out of Tyson plants covered in chicken uh, guts and other uh, fun things I won't go into detail on so that a real technician could fix it. And, uh, and so, man, I had hit the jackpot. That was a fantastic opportunity. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, fortunately, fairly quickly, the leadership of that company realized that, uh, you know, I had communication skills and leadership abilities. And so I started to kind of work my way up, uh, in the organization and kind of became the founder's right hand man going on sales calls and uh, being able to promote the company in new opportunities, one of which was with NCR and Walmart. Uh, We had some, uh, through relationships, had some opportunity to have some meetings with them and started doing what we do today. And so 
uh, cut to the chase a little bit, but BCS today is a technology deployment company. And so we support all of the point of sale electronics and infrastructure, wireless infrastructure and back office electronics in all the Walmart stores in North America. So there's about 5,400 stores, there's 250,000 register lanes, and uh, we support about 230 different devices that are in each one of those stores, uh, keeping them up and running, doing repair, refurbishment, rollouts, projects. Uh, and so along the way, um, I was able to continue to work uh, my way up through the company and, and just develop my skills and get some on-the-job business uh, training and uh, ended up buying the company from the founder in 2012 and, um, you know, becoming what we are today. And so we've got 36 employees and about an 80,000 square foot facility in Springdale. And yeah, we're supporting Fortune One, uh, largest retail, retailer in the world. Um, and so what's important is when we bought the company, my wife and I got remarried in 2004. I've got a 10 and a half year old son and eight year old twin identical twin daughters. So uh, those of you who are listening can pray for me uh, in that <laughs> regard. Um, but uh, it, it's just been uh, really a story of grace and reconciliation. Um, I didn't know uh, what grace was until I found myself at the bottom of uh, being divorced and unemployed and living in my brother's bedroom and having a hundred bucks in my pocket and didn't know what was going to happen next. And that's where uh, I learned that I had been pretty ungracious my entire life and hmm. had viewed people through the, the one piece of information that I heard about them or the label that was easy to attach. And that was a, that was a game changer for me. That was a life changing moment and transition where I realized and I can't do anything on my own. It's all uh, because of grace and God's got a purpose for my existence and yours. And, and we need to be pursuing that. And so I tried to be just faithful and responsible to that. And when my wife and I bought the company, uh, we committed that to whatever degree we were blessed uh, through that and by that and financially that we were going to bless others. One of my fundamental beliefs is that we're blessed to be a blessing. It's not about our comfort or our security. And so, um, we've been able to do a number of things. The Lord has really tripled the business since we purchased it in 2012. And we've tried to be faithful to that. Uh, number one, to take care of our employees. I've got 36 families that I feel personally responsible for Try and take care of them and bless them and, and give them the, the best opportunity to contribute to society that they can. And then, uh, you know, we, we've been able to do some things in the community. I had open heart surgery when I was two. And so I feel indebted to children's hospital networks where I got care my whole life. And so we helped uh, get the children's hospital that's here in Springdale uh, built back when they were building that facility. And then along the way, uh, a friend of mine, a uh, sociologist at the U of A named Kevin Fitzpatrick, does some work in the community with homelessness and poverty. It's really his life's work. And back in 2007, I went on the point in time census for the first time with him where we go out in the community and, and try to um, identify all of those in our region who are experiencing homelessness or near homelessness in a 24 hour period. And the first year I went, uh, I was nervous and scared and, and I, we went with police escort out into the woods 
uh, early in the morning on a cold January morning, trying to find those that we knew were camping in unsheltered conditions. And uh, fortunately that year, we didn't actually find anybody. They were all in a shelter staying warm. Uh, but every two years, this census has happened. And so the next time we found a handful of folks out in the woods in tents, uh, the next year it was dozens. The next year it was fifties and, and, it got to the point where in 2017, there were 140 people living in a uh, basically a third world encampment in some wooded property in South Fayetteville. And I just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, it, it, I went from being scared to actually talk to a person experiencing homelessness to absolutely angered and sickened and frustrated by the fact that in our community, three miles from as the crow flies from where my kids are being raised and and we have so much uh, affluence and um, and privilege and there's so many great businesses um, I couldn't I just couldn't accept that we were gonna let this happen and I naively thought I knew enough people that we could just fix it and so I started banging the drum with all my business owner friends and uh, networks of, of people that I knew and I said guys we, we just have to fix this and I started asking Kevin, who, again, is the expert on this, where, why is there a gap? Because there's a lot of great organizations doing great work in this space in Northwest Arkansas. So I said, why is there a gap? Why are 140 people camping in the woods? And what can we do to move the needle? And what I learned was really two things. Each homeless person is an individual with a complex, multi-layered set of circumstances that needs to be taken one at a time. You can't paint everyone in that situation with a broad brush. And secondly, if you're in that situation, regardless of what got you there, you're living in survival mode. And if you've ever had a near-death experience, you get tunnel vision really fast. Everything fades away and it's all about surviving the next minute, hour, day. And that's where these people live every minute of every day of their life. And so until you can relieve that need, they can't begin to work on addiction or mental health or job skills or documents or anything else. They're in survival mode. And so the idea for the New Beginnings Transitional Village came about from that conversation where we said, look, could we take a simple 10 by 10 or 10 by 12 wooden structure that's warm, that's dry, that's securable, and could we take start with 20 uh, folks that are in that situation and could we put them in a micro shelter in a controlled environment with a low barrier to uh, to access it and could that relieve the survival mode for a long enough period of time where then we could bring a, a caseworker shoulder to shoulder really intensely on a day-to-day -day basis into their life and say, how can we help? What do we need to do first? Do we need to untangle some addiction issues? Do we need to uh, unpack some mental health uh, concerns? Do we need to work on your documents and your job skills? And, and how can we build a bridge from the woods in survival mode to being able to access all the other great services that are being provided in Northwest Arkansas? Uh, and and fill this gap that exists from where these people can't can't even access what everybody's doing. And so we started planning and we started raising money. And my wife and I 
uh, contributed a significant amount to, to get the ball rolling uh, because we just can't let it happen. And so that's kind of where we're at today. We've bought five acres uh, from the University of Arkansas um, on which some of these folks were camping and we've cleared it and we're going through the design uh, process and building permit phases with the city to build 20 uh, micro shelters and then a program building Mm -hmm. where our caseworker and our program director could provide the services and there's kitchen and there's bathrooms and there's going to be a garden where these uh, folks can try to have a community and learn how to live in community as responsible citizens again, while each one is being attended to individually uh, to try to, to try to, again, build a bridge to, uh, to responsible contribution in society again. And so that's what we're currently really passionate about and, and are putting our effort and our finances and our, uh, and our network and names behind is trying to get that done. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, I, yeah. When you, when you told me the story originally uh, at the, at the rotary meeting, I was, I was kind of blown away just by, by the effort. Um, what was, has, has this always been, you know, a call on your heart to help those that, 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 um, you know, can't maybe help themselves or it was, there something else uh, about it that, that really kind of pushed you in that direction? Cause you could, you could do a number of different things, obviously. Um, and you're running a very successful company, but what, what is it about specifically about the homeless? I know you, you know, you were kind of offended by the fact that, that this was happening so close to your house from the simple fact that it shouldn't be happening in such a place where there is so much wealth and there is so much of, um, you know, of a community here that could, offset some of those challenges that a lot of people face when they when they're dealing with homelessness but what was it specifically for you that really just struck a chord and just said you know i have to i have to do this that's a great question and so for for my wife and i really we we view that through i'd say like three different lenses our first priority is you know that our faith is important and we want to make sure that uh, we're supporting that and and being able to provide a way for folks to take the truth of that um, in our community and around the world. And so we invest heavily in that first and foremost and and con- consistently. And then kind of our second, when we when we became able to make a significant financial impact in our community, we felt like because of my health background, uh, providing health care, better health care for kids in our community was the next priority. And so we partnered with the Arkansas Children's Hospital and we created an endowment to bring pediatric oncology to Northwest Arkansas before they built the, the hospital. And then we helped build the, the hospital. And we felt like that kind of was a was a, a completion of providing something that hadn't been there. And so just simultaneously as we started to kind of look around for what could we do next that would be significant, that would move the needle, that would change lives and make our community better. Here I was face to face with this problem. And it really was about, um, you know, I, I didn't grow up with, uh, with wealth. We were certainly comfortable. It was an average Midwest, you know, lower middle class kind of, uh, kind of childhood. Uh, but you know, we, we didn't go on extravagant vacations. Uh, we, we didn't have a, a, a lifestyle that, that, you know, we were able to even envision today with the way we've been blessed. And I look at my kids and I say, you know what, I want them to understand that 
we're, we're here to help those less fortunate. We, we have a mission to take care of each other. And when I saw this problem staring me in the face and I saw the humanity and the dignity of these people who are created in God's image, who need help, uh, I, I couldn't not do something about that. And so that just, it, it, the direct contact is what stirred that in our hearts that we had to do something about it. And for the sake of teaching my kids the value of uh, what we've been blessed with and the responsibility of that and the, the duty and the responsibility to make our community first and foremost better and help those who are our neighbors, uh, that was, we, we had to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm curious to know, and, and, and just, I think I know the answer to this, but did you, did you find uh, it difficult to find other people that kind of saw and caught the vision that you had for this, specifically for serve NWA? Cause it seems like you've gotten some, some pretty important people around you to kind of help you shepherd this, this program. It's been really interesting. There, there have been some great um, helpful advocates who have come alongside and who have kind of caught that vision. And, and maybe it was because I was so passionate and there are a few people in the community who are key influencers and have been for years that I was fortunate to have gotten to know who jumped on board. Um, the interesting thing is that the opposite reaction has also happened. There's been a number of people who have said, you know what? Um, there's always been a problem in South Fayetteville and there's always been people in that situation. And you know what, all of the stereotypes and caricatures that you could imagine about people who are homeless and people who are, you know, on the street corner with a cardboard sign get kind of thrown back at me. And I'm like, I get it. But if you would come with me and spend an hour sitting down talking to one of these people and realize that they're a real person that has real needs. And it's usually not a self-inflicted wound. Um, it's usually something that has happened to them that started the, the, the ball of yarn unraveling mm-hmm. um, that, you know, maybe your perspective would be different. And so it's, it's kind of a polarizing um, topic and situation. People either kind of see it and, and it, if they've had contact uh, with someone, um, they get on board and they're very supportive. Uh, but the opposite reaction happens too. And that's been, it's kind of been eye opening for me and and a little bit frustrating and disappointing where some are, are just willing to say, you know what, that's, that's a problem I'm not going to get involved in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, I lived in, and I've, I've mentioned this a number of times on the podcast. I lived out in the Bay Area for a while in the early 90s. And I remember going to Glide Memorial Church where um, they would they would feed the homeless. I mean, San Francisco's homeless population is is on a whole nother level. And mm-hmm. um, I got to see it firsthand. And I was, I was in a fortunate position to help a number of people that I came in contact with. And, and, but, but, you know, it, it, it is a condition that a lot of people would just assume kind of, gloss over or ignore, if you will. If it's not affecting you or your family, then I, it, you know it's not a problem. But the reality is, is that all of these individuals are part of our community. And if if one person's hurting, and I know this sounds a little corny, everybody's hurting. Um, I, I don't think that there's ever been a time than the time that we're in right now to realize that because yeah. we're all going through some stuff. And with this coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, you notice I didn't say epidemic, but pandemic, I, I think we're realizing that 
Um, we, we have to kind of rely on each other for help. We have to, we have to look to each other for support and encouragement. And I mean, I think your story embodies that and embodies the, the importance of not turning a blind eye or looking away, but you know what, getting your hands dirty and saying, like you said earlier, and I love this, this phrase, I love this phrase and it comes out of my mouth a lot. How can I help? Um, and, and I think that, that is, that is an important point to drive home for people. Uh, cause a lot of people feel stuck. I think they, they legitimately feel like, I don't know what I can do, or maybe I don't have enough money to support somebody that's going through this type of problem. And it's not always about money. Sometimes yeah. it's about an ear. Sometimes it's about your willingness to step in and help and maybe serve food at, a, at an event or something along those lines. And I'm looking at all the people right now just in the season that we're in, this pandemic season, that have kind of gotten out of their comfort zone and have decided that, you know what, I'm going to try to help in any way that I can. And you, you don't necessarily have to have money to help other people. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm just, I'm at the point in my life, I don't know whether I'm just gotten jaded enough or, or, or what, but, you know, there's so much polarization in our society and in our country, and I don't want to get political or, or into any of that. But if you can't answer the question for yourself and look in the mirror and say, what can I do? And, and realize that you, you're in the place geographically and you're surrounded with the people and you have the relationships that you have for a reason and a purpose. And it's not about your comfort and it's not about your satisfaction. It's about making a difference. And, and I wake up every morning with kind of a laser focus purpose of I need to make some, some impact today. I need to make some difference. I need to influence somebody to be better, more whole, uh, walk closer with uh, in their faith than they are today. Um, and, and that's what drives me. And so if I feel like if everybody would just do their do their part in that arena, that, you know, maybe we'd need less. Uh, government, we'd need less debates, we'd need less, you know, if, if people who had the means and were in business, this is what we're supposed to do. Right, like, right, right, <laughs> like right. People who have any resources, like you said, it may not be money, it may be time, it may be the listening ear, it may be empathy, it may, whatever it is today in this pandemic situation in your neighborhood, um, you know, do something today to make a difference. Yeah. And it may not be changing homelessness in Northwest Arkansas. That's not what everybody's called to do. You know, there are a lot of other things that a lot of other great people are doing, but I say do something and do it with passion and do it with excellence and and do it. And don't just sit on the sidelines and complain on social media about what <laughs> what the other side may may or may not be doing that you agree with, right? right. Get out, get it, get in the game and do something. So yeah. I that, I could no. go on about that. No, <laughs> I no and, and no, I, I agree. I agree. And like I said, we we you know, our our goal here at uh, I am Northwest Arkansas is never to to kind of pick a side per se, but it's always to share a story and to, to provide some encouragement, but it is easy to sit in the peanut gallery as mm. a lot of people do and choose to do nothing. Uh, but I, I think if anything that what we've tried to do here at I am Northwest Arkansas is tell stories that 
cause uh, individuals to uh, prick their conscience in a way where they either it awakens something in them or it causes them to say, you know what, I can do that or I need to help out more or I need to do this or I need to do that. And I think stories like yours, I mean, what you've shared and kind of coming, you, you kind of rose out of the ashes like a phoenix and, and, um, and here you are now short, not, not just a generation later from the time that you came here, just about 18 years plus, and, and, and look at where you are. And I think there's always hope for us, especially when we've been through um, situations that for some people can be so challenging and so crippling that they can't bounce back from it. And, and you were able to do that. And uh, one day I'll tell my whole story about some of the stuff that I went through because it kind of mirrors some of the things that you did without without the divorce piece of it. But I just think that it, I, I think people need to hear those kind of stories because, you know, all of us, you know, we all take this woe is me uh, position where we feel like I'm the only one going through whatever I'm going through, whatever it is. And I'm not belittling anybody's situation, but the reality is, is that you'd be surprised how many people have gone through something similar, whether it's, um, you know, not being, having a supportive family around you or, you know, running into problems where you lose everything financially and you have to come back from that. I mean, there's just, it, it goes on and on, but, but we need stories of hope like yours, Aaron, to, to kind of share with people and, and show what is possible. And, and that's one of the reasons what, that's one of the things that really resonated with me and, and not just what's possible from a financial perspective, because you, you kind of put your money where your mouth is and say, you know what, I'm going to make a difference. And uh, I certainly appreciate you, you doing that and, um, you know, figuring out what the next step is. And, and so, I mean, even in this short period of time, 18 years from 2002, when you got here to Northwest Arkansas, did you imagine it was going to be like this? No, not my wildest dreams. I mean, for me personally, or the region, I mean, I, I, I often think back to the first really 12 to 18 months that I uh, found myself here in Northwest Arkansas. I never intended to stay. Yeah. I mean, this was Arkansas for goodness sake. And I was a Yankee. I mean, I grew up in hey, Chicago. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> and <laughs> grew up in Chicago. I lived in Pennsylvania, Michigan. I love the East coast, you know, but Northwest Arkansas is a is an incredibly unique and amazing place, and yeah. for a long time, is the best kept secret. And words getting out, but uh, but there's so much here to revel in and be thankful for, and it's become a great place to raise a family. I'm so thankful that I'm raising my kids, and I've been here 18 years, and they all call the hogs like it's like normal. Yeah, <laughs> which I still baffles me. Um, but yeah, it was such a humbling experience to realize that I, I really had nothing and, you know, were it not for, I, I, I did have family support and enough networking and resources that I didn't end up out in the woods or in my car or, or some other, um, you know, scenario like that. And so I feel like, you know, but for the grace of God, go I and and I feel like also the situation right now in our region is manageable and solvable and we have enough we have enough people who care with enough resources with the will to solve the problem so that we're not San Francisco in 40 years and we say why didn't somebody do something about this back in 2020 yeah Yeah. I want to fix it now yeah and create the the system in our social fabric to where we we don't we don't let it get back to the point it was 
in 2017 where there's 140 people living in a third world camp in the in the woods that people drove by every day and didn't even realize what's happening. Yeah, I remember when I saw the the news story the first time and I was I was blown away by that. I was like, wow, I didn't realize it was like that. And it, it kind of brought back visions of what I shared about San Francisco and other other places that I've lived and and, and experienced. But um but yeah, I, I just I think that uh you guys are, are doing some great things there at, at Serve NWA. So so with all this said and done and, and and all of your accomplishments and what you're currently working on now, what's next for Aaron Marshall? Uh, if I had the answer to that, I'd, I'd feel a lot, uh, I'd feel a lot more confident. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, and, and there are moments where that's terrifying, but you know, I look back, I look in the rearview mirror and I say, you know, every time I didn't know, look, look how well that turned out and, and God is faithful. And as long as I continue to be faithful and responsible, um, one day at a time, right? Especially in this scenario during this pandemic and this, you know, kind of quarantine lockdown. I mean, we don't know, it, it's changing by the hour. And so uh, I'm trying to take one one hour, one day at a time right now. Uh, I am around my kids a lot more than I used to be. And I'm trying to steward that as a responsibility yeah. and an opportunity to say, you know what, they get to see how daddy sits on Zoom calls all day long. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, but in between, I go, you know, we go take the dog for a walk. And when it's not raining, we get out and we run around. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to just take every interaction one at a time. And somebody asked me that a few months ago. And I thought, what do I want to be known for in this stage of my life, whatever that looks like? And I feel like right now, I just want to be the most present person that you know. Yeah. And you know, if I, can, if I can leave my phone in my pocket and turn the notifications off and the dinging, and, and when, I'm, when I used to sit in front of an actual human being or now when I'm on a Zoom call with somebody, I want to be the most present and attentive person and contribute something of value in every interaction I have. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to do. And and whatever unfolds from that, I'll take it. Wow. I love that. That's good. I'll take that for sure. That's I think that's a good start. And I think that is a place of encouragement. And you're still a young man. I mean, you're not even 50 yet. And, you know, it's it's I don't know if you've ever read the book Halftime by Bob Buford, but uh, but that's a great book. And, and it must be scary to think, man, you've accomplished so much in this period of time and you still have another you know, second half of your life to go and, and, and so much more that you can do. So that's yeah, the sky's exciting. the limit. And, and so, yeah, I mean, this is really the prime of my life. I'm not going to sit, I'm not going to sit on the back porch in a rocking chair yet. There's, there's too many problems to solve and there's too much, uh, there's too much of a contribution to make. And so I'm going to keep doing what I do. Um, I don't know what, what context or what format that's going to be in, but I'm going to try to continue growing and being the best, uh, the best person I can be to make yeah. uh, the people and the, the arenas around me better. Okay. Well, before we close out, I want to ask you two things. I'm trying to get back to doing this on a regular basis. And so, so many times that I've had podcast interviews where I'm like, oh, I forgot to ask them this or that. Two things. One, favorite thing to do in Northwest Arkansas that you, you try to get out either it's something that you do yourself or you do with your family that you really enjoy. And there's a, there's a short list of that. Um, again, prior to this whole situation, uh, Razorback baseball 
Okay. It just doesn't get any better than, than bomb stadium. And, yeah. uh, and you know what, something new we did, we're turning into that. We live in Fayetteville. So I'm a little bit, I'm going a little bit Fayetteville funky on you, but man, last Wednesday, we just up and drove down to devil's den and hiked that yellow rock trail and yes. went up to that, uh, Hawksville crag. And, you know, I'm not a big hiker camper, but man, it was the best four hours of my life this month. Uh, so yeah, that no, was pretty awesome. Absolutely. We were, we were down there the day after you. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and people were practicing social distancing, which was a good thing. So, but yes, yep. devil's den is, is, is an amazing thing. And it's about 24 miles from Fayetteville as the crow flies. So yeah. it's really, it's a lot closer than you think to get out in nature and just kind of separate yourself from the day-to-day activities are go- that are going on. All right. Now my second thing, favorite restaurant. And I'm putting you on the spot now, and and I don't know if you if you know a bunch of people like I do that own restaurants. This could get you in trouble, but you know, I mean, you have to have your go to spot that you really enjoy. Yeah, um, I mean, our our favorite is Mermaids in Fayetteville. Okay. Honestly, okay. I mean, when when we when we get a uh, when we get a sitter and we don't have to take the kids with us and we want an adult meal, it's uh, it's Mermaids. Okay. All right. Good enough. And that's where we have our uh, downtown Fayetteville uh, Rotary meeting on a regular basis. So that's where you got to come and speak. So yeah, Mermaids yeah. is definitely Chef good. Chef Todd and- is awesome. Yep, and and certainly if you if you're looking for some some seafood, uh, I know they fly a lot of seafood in, as as do a lot of other restaurants locally here in Northwest Arkansas. So Mermaids is definitely a good choice for that. So, well, man, I appreciate this, Aaron. I thank thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, even though you are stuck at home, I know you have a lot to do, but uh, I appreciate you doing that and, and kind of just sharing a little bit of your story with our audience. And so if folks want to get in connect, uh, contact with you or find out more about ServeNWA.org, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, that's great. Uh, you just said it. ServeNWA.org is our website. You can go there and visit the uh, the New Beginnings Initiative. All the information's there. Um, my personal email is newajm at gmail.com. And if you've got any questions about new beginnings or anything else we need to get done in the community, feel free to email me there. Um, and, and check that out. We have giving Tuesday or giving NWA gives is this Thursday, April 2nd. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we're putting a big fundraising push on. We need about another $250,000. Okay. to get the project constructed and the first year of programming uh, funded. And so that's our goal. Uh, that's what we have left to raise. And I'd love to to interact with anybody who's got questions or wants to know more. Okay. And that's nwagives.org? Yes. Okay. nwagives.org. Right, yeah. .org. Yeah. I, I, I knew about that event. I'm going to talk about that on, on another um, short video that I'm going to push out on social media later today, just to encourage people to be a part of that. Um, I think sometimes we I think lose... there's, I think there's close to 300 nonprofits who are registered wow. to participate in that event. We're just okay. trying to, to raise generosity and philanthropy throughout Northwest Arkansas for everybody who's doing something good in our community. Right. No, I love that. That's great. So we'll put that out there. And that, that to me is, again, is the spirit of Northwest Arkansas that I've seen for so long. Uh, and we've talked about it. Um, you know, we did single parent scholarship fund of Northwest Arkansas. We had Tyler Clark on and so many others that are really doing some great things in this community to, to help other people. So uh, I really appreciate everything that you're doing. Aaron Marshall, thank you so much for being a guest on I Am Northwest Arkansas. We really appreciate you sharing your story. And um, folks, you can tell Aaron you heard about him here first. <laughs> so Thanks, thank you Randy. so much. Appreciate it.
Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of I Am Northfield Arkansas. I was just really great to have Aaron on and for him to tell his story. Uh, I learned so much from him just sitting down with him in his office, but we can't do that now. So we had to do this virtually. Uh, I'm a little bummed about that, but um, but I'm glad that I had him to, uh, to to sit down and talk with us nonetheless. So I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. We will be back with a new episode next week. Remember, you can find us wherever great podcasts can be found. Um, you can also find us on our website at IamNorthwestArkansas.com. If you want to learn about sponsorship opportunities or just anything that we're doing, please let us know. And also, I, wanna, I wanted to tell you that we started a new, a new program called What's new NWA. Uh, We are working on some options where we may deliver a daily five-minute announcement, voice announcement, uh, podcast, if you want to call it that, but it would be a lot shorter than this one that would just tell you the latest and greatest things happening here in Northwest Arkansas on a daily basis. And if that's something that interests you, I'd love to hear your comments about it. We're getting some great comments from some amazing people, people that are relocating here that have heard the podcast and have been sold on what makes Northwest Arkansas great. So we really appreciate you guys uh, supporting us and everything that we're doing here on the podcast. And we look forward to connecting with you real soon. I will see you next week. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.